Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five of Tango Uncorked. I am your host, Adam Hoopengardner. Today is Wednesday, and I know in the past I said I was going to bring these shows to you on Tuesdays. However, I had some family in town with children in tow, and that is exhausting as heck. I'm even saying heck because I'm trying to, you know, keep that going, the whole non-cussing thing. I'm terrible at it. And if my sister was to stick to her rule of uh, me giving her children a dollar every time I swore in front of them, they'd be rich. They would have their college fund paid for by now. It would be a crappy college, probably an online university from somewhere far away, but it's a start. Today on the show, I have a friend of ours named Carlos Andres Duenas, and I think I still can't say his name exactly correct, but whatever. We'll do our best. He can say it, and that's what matters. Uh, Carlos is an organizer who runs a practica on Tuesdays. He is a very, uh, he takes beautiful photographs. He also plays the guitar. Um, we have some interesting conversations, and it's all in the show notes. A few things I want to say, um, uh, as I mentioned, uh, family was in town with children, a seven-year-old and a soon-to-be three-year-old. And for all of the, all of you out there who are raising children and you're doing, doing it well, um, my hat's off to you because that is exhausting. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so yeah, we went to, uh, we did the usual New York sightseeing stuff, Staten Island Ferry, Coney Island, Times Square, Central Park, and, uh, a lot of just relaxing, some nice dinners. It was the children's first visit and, uh, my sister and her husband, his first visit, so we had a lot of fun. And, uh, so that's why I didn't have the show out yesterday because I was, um, I was freaking exhausted. At, by 7 p.m. I felt like a zombie. So I don't know how people do it, but I guess you get used to it like you do with anything and you adjust, um, so yeah, on the show I said we have Carlos, and I'm going to get through this intro quickly because the plumber's on his way, our sink uh, our sink broke, so we have to get that repaired. But did I have anything to announce? Yes, I do. May 18th, Saturday, 4 to 6 p.m., I'm doing a musicality class. Uh, every so often, it comes to my attention that there is some, there's some people out there who are not very clear on, um, well, how to interpret the music. And dance the music. Ladies as well as men. Women not sure what they're listening for. Men not sure what they're listening for to lead. So this is going to be a two-hour class starting with the basic. Just starting with the beat. Then uh, going into rhythms. Going into accents. Then going into melodies. Going into phrasing. And hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be useful for those of you who who think that you need it. Um, What else? At the end of May... The Philadelphia Tango Festival is happening Memorial Day weekend in Philadelphia. There will be live music. There will be a lot of amazing couples um, teaching and performing. There will be, it's at a great venue, the Lithuanian Hall. Um, So check that out. The weekend after that in New York City, Los Tortis will be performing at Malaleche. And they will be teaching workshops. All of this information is available on the World Wide Web of course. The end of July, in Cleveland, Ohio, at a bowling alley, you will see people dancing tango, and you could be one of them. 
join us. Uh, this is also our eighth year with Alberto and Michaela. It's our fourth year, I think, or third year working together. But anyway, that is a great event in the middle of Cleveland, in the middle of the United States. And uh, we hope you will join us there. The www.clevelandtanglemarathon.com. And the last thing I will mention is in September, Horacio Godoy and Cecilia Bear will be back in the States and they will be teaching workshops in New York City and in Cleveland, Ohio. So stay tuned. Um, other than that, I'm going to get on with the show so that I can get on with my day. It is a beautiful day. Um, I hope you are enjoying it. Tonight is Tango Cafe. Chica will be away. She's in Turkey. So come and keep me company. Okay, on with the show. Please welcome our friend Carlos Andres Duenas. I'd say more than less than before and more than the last. Okay. This this is much better. All right. <laughs> At least it doesn't sound like we're like we're like locked in a thing that we we now sound like in a room. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of bounce. There's a little bit of okay space. Good thing we're in a room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, let's give this a listen, and then we'll f- just double check. I've had issues in the past. Okay. Okay. So One, now two, that three. we Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Check. So Check. now that we know that sounds good, let's hope there's actually an interesting conversation. <laughs> I'll make it interesting. Oh, yeah? Are we recording? Are we, are we, yeah, we're recording. Oh, we're recording this now. Um, <clears throat> shall, we, shall we say that um, this is take two? No. No? Okay. Well, we just did. We just did. So this is take two. I want to make sure you talk a lot because you have a very soothing voice. Because last time, what happened last time, Adam? I talked a lot. You talked a lot. Plus, my mic was pointing in your direction. <laughs> we don't have to say that a lot. <laughs> so, do you have any interesting stories about being a waiter in Miami? Was it Miami? Uh, yes, it was Miami. Mm-hmm. You said uh, you didn't make it long. Two months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, interesting is... It really is the only job that made me cry, and uh, because of clumsiness, just I was spilling things all over my customers all the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one day, my my boss Celine, I still remember this guy, big Cuban guy, with a, with a goatee. Carlos, you fired. Come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's my story to being waiter. But we didn't introduce anything. What are you going to use from the prior one? (laughs) 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 We introduced you already. When? Uh, Have you been using the... I'm just adding on to it. Ah, but you've been using the the ones that we recorded a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Not Uh, using all of them, just the last one. The last one, the one a few weeks ago. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm confused. Let's start over. Okay, let's but I'm, start. I'm over. gonna just keep going. It doesn't matter. So I'm it here, doesn't matter. I'm here with again. our friend Carlos Andres Duenas. Wow, <clears throat> you made it. It only took like seven tries. Only seven tries. I've been having trouble with the names. Um, 
And as you heard, he uh, he sucks at waiting tables. I do. But he can bring you breakfast in bed, ladies. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> We're here to sell you, man. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want. It's the new dating game. I, I don't. Uh, Tango edition. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. So uh, two mm. weeks as a waiter. Any other interesting jobs you had? Two two months. Two months. Oh, two so months. you did did okay. Um, I did. I did. I was a gardener. Okay, just so you know, when you look this way. Yeah. Ah, I'm losing. Okay, <laughs> so I should I should talk should into talk the into microphone. microphone. Okay. Now, last time it was my fault because I didn't. Okay, okay. It wasn't facing you. Godless this is all on you this time. <laughs> talking to the microphone. Okay. Gardener. Uh, gardener. I was um, assistant handyman. Is that the same job or is that another job? No, I was the assistant of a handyman. As a gardener. Uh, no, that was a different. So let's stick. So, yeah. gardener. Gardener. What? Where? Where at? Also Miami. And it's hot out. Yeah. I fucking hate gardening. Uh, yeah, me too. How long did that last? Not too long. Just a few weeks. Okay. But I know a couple. Of <laughs> uh, then I came to New York and I was. Uh, man, I I, I work. Um, I used to tell my family, I, uh, you know what are you doing, Carlos? And I said, no, I work in the car industry. Because I was <laughs> car thief. My first, my first job, and that means like the the day after I came to New York, I needed to pay rent, mm -hmm. and I just found a job. I, I had no papers, so I found a job washing cars, <laughs> just like three blocks away from where I was um, living in Flushing. Hmm. Uh, Were you like going in the intersections with a spray bottle and a squeegee? <laughs> basically, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No? That's terrible. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I did. Well, you gotta, you gotta work. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. So you wait a minute. So let's get this straight. You came here, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm, uh, I don't care about, you know, how you got here. But you didn't have papers. Correct. So you had to get a fucking, you had to figure out how to make money. Yeah. Um. And you started washing cars. What is that like to be in a new place with no security, and no idea what? How you're gonna survive? <clears throat> I, that that never crossed my mind. I was just willing to do whatever. But I you were. I was. I was just. You know, when I came, I was tired of living in Colombia, so I was just willing to pay the price, which was doing whatever. And possibly so, going back if you got in trouble or something. Uh, I wasn't planning to get in trouble. Well, no, nobody yeah. does. But, but uh, there's like millions of people in jail that didn't plan on being there. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, uh, fortunately I didn't get in trouble and my paper situation got resolved mm -hmm. probably two or three years um, so, yeah. well you were young how young were you I was when I arrived I was 26 okay so by the way I still consider myself young no I know but uh, I would say young yeah. and re reckless yes Yes. I mean, we all, we, I don't know if it's harder to, be, to do yeah. crazy shit like that as you get older. Yeah, right? no, we lose that. We yeah. lose that over, over like time. Like consequences matter as yeah. after a certain age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you were washing cars and how did that work out? I mean, you were I mean, living was, in flushing? Yeah, and again, it was only just a few months. And did you get connections through? And I did meet someone. I said, I started talking to, um, sorry, I had one more job, which was parking cars and uh, and i met this guy his name andrew very nice guy mm -hmm. he said, uh, we, we used to talk you know we just dropped his car and i was 
he said, Carlos, I need someone for my company. I just started some company. I said, yeah, what do you do? He was selling some sort of, um, the company was sold, so you won't see them in the market anymore, like uh, uh, granola bars. And we started the company together. Basically, <laughs> I was employee number one. Yeah. And, uh, and that was my first real job in New York. So I started from zero, and then, you know, over the years, I was running the company. Until and it got sold, and then, you know. So that was a little bit of a payout when it got sold, or no? No, oh. fortunately, no. But you you did speak English when you came, so that yeah. was a little bit of an advantage. I mean, a big advantage, I'm guessing, that helped. Yeah. Of course. That's a big advantage. Yeah, that's good. And that you learned in school in Colombia. Yeah. And how was I was curious about, because growing up in the States, there's a lot of competitiveness in the schools as a child and I've spoken to some people that not from Colombia but other places and they said they never really experienced that I'm curious what going to school like primary school was like for you it is true there's no competitiveness uh no we it's just a good um it's uh at the end you have to focus on getting your the equivalent of the SAT which in Colombia it's called ICFEX sorry (laughs) ICFEX I don't think you're gonna get it uh, whatever. Uh, so that's that's what I focused on, and um, fortunately, I, I I got a, a good score. I well, when I mean competitiveness, I mean more like clickiness. Clickiness. There's like the jocks, the preps, the nerds, the losers, the geeks, the freaks. Like, there's so many subcategories here. It was it was pretty insane. Did everybody just get along? I guess that exists everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but here is more noticeable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, a, yeah. What, what would you consider yourself? Were you a popular kid in school? Not at all. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah. I was so unpopular. I was popular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in. The, I'm in the same bucket. I'm not at all. Do you think people that dance tango were the popular people in school? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a there's a personality to tango people, and I think uh, we're mostly. I mean, generalizing, we're mostly mm-hmm. introverts. Yeah, we're 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 introverts. We're laid down. We're not. Um, we're not. We're not in the happy spectrum of humanity. We're kind of somewhere along the middle, or even towards the sad part of humanity. <laughs> well, that's what the dance sort of caters towards. Yeah, yeah. So I I think, and that's why we 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 um. We get along so well, you know, it's it's a personality type. We, we kind of get together in a place. There's, I don't know, 30, 50, 100 of us. And uh, and it's the, we're all together in that mindset and it works. I've been teaching like more musicality stuff again lately. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain to students and I'm curious what your take is on this. Um, how we basically, it's hard to teach this, um, how musically we're basically constructing as a dancer we're constructing a, a symphony every time we take the floor with the music that we're hearing because we are we are creating whatever we decide to interpret whereas a lot of other dances you sort of predetermine where you're going to move and, and and things like that <clears throat> what yeah, was it's... was it challenging for you as a to get uh, to get to that place where you were, were like so aware of where you were going to be delivered and where you weren't going to be 
I think I'm I'm not in that place to start with. But I I agree with you. It's um there's an interpretation thing to tango that I only dance very little salsa, mm -hmm. and I I don't think there's room for interpretation. There's just room for different sequences. But tango has this. Uh, I think it's the the fact that you can pause in between. The fact that the music elongates and at that times and it's it has much room for interpretation and uh it's 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 longer it the, the process is longer to to get it mm -hmm. and uh and again it's it's not even i agree with you it's it's not something that can be explained this musicality and how you interpret things um i just imagine you know if you make you have to dance not only to the beat but You know, you have to listen to everything that's going on, to the piano, the bass, the violins, and make it, you have to move along what the instruments are telling you, not only the speed, because the speed is easy. Mm -hmm. You can you can dance to a metronome. Mm -hmm. It's everything else. Yeah. And um, Well, the hard part, I think, when I'm working, so when I mentioned that just before, I was thinking more specifically of female dancers that I'm teaching, like followers, because they tend to ask me, like, well, when do I what am I listening for? Yeah. And it's like, well, you're listening for what the leader's listening for. So then it's, you know, that then it's like a whole nother layer because, you know, we have to, as leaders, I like to develop some sort of rhythmic dialogue with my partner. So she can kind of assume certain moments. So it's not just random all the time. Yeah. The way I think about it is... um. This is debatable, but I think of the lead being the canvas and of the follower being the, the, the paint, the colors. I think of the follower as the engine and the lead is like the, the conductor. Yeah, it's... In a way, like he's like he, he's showing the way and she's powering the way. Correct. I, it's because I, I think many people think it's just about following. You yeah, know, it's just fair. literal and I'm the guy, you just follow you with which some points becomes a synonym of obey of obedience yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is not it's no. far from it so yes the way you you describe it is uh, i agree with it and also if, if you think you're the canvas you're just providing the space for yeah. her to move mm -hmm. then she's the one painting mm -hmm. she's the one pointing the colors and stealing those little things and interpreting i actually uh, stumbled upon a video yesterday i sent it to a friend And this guy from Argentina, Auniken Quiroga, he's mm, a yeah, he's guy. He's, yeah, yeah. he's amazing. And he's dancing. Uh, in the, her face is not showing, so I don't know who is she. But it's a whole 25 seconds of him just standing mm -hmm. as she embellishes before he steps the first time. Yeah. It's beautiful. And that I think that's what it is about. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's I've worked with him on a project once. He's fucking hysterical. And uh, yeah, he's like a little kid. He's so fun. <laughs> I think you need to be mischievous. And, and like that to, to really a lot, you know, like most creative dancers that I've met, they, 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 of course they have the image, like they have the hair down back and the little mustache and the suit. But then when you like get to know them, they're like the craziest little fuckers, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're so weird and crazy inside. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. He's one of them. He's, he's, a, he's a war. He's a riot. Yeah. Um, so your jobs where we were on a tangent with, trying to bring it back to you and you come to New York not really sure how you're gonna what's gonna happen like most people who come to New York so that's a classic New York story yeah that's I cool do, I do have a New York story yeah 
Hmm. And you said it's uh, seven now years? No, longer? No, Sorry. I worked I worked full time for this company for seven years, but I was doing some part time with them. And then I took some part time jobs after mm-hmm. the new owner, the, the owner of the company, the new owner. They hired me for a couple of years more. So I was I was with them for some time. But you also do photography just on the side or is that no, something I, you're I do really photography on the about? side. I, I, I mean, serious in the sense that you're really studying, you're learning about it. I, I did study a bit, I, uh, but it's it's a hard field to get into. Oh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. So yeah. But you have a, a network. I'm building a network. No, but I mean, you dance in a network. That's the thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I feel like people in Tango don't realize. I mean, how many people go like join Facebook and automatically have 2,000 friends? No one. That's that's the Tango allows you to have a network. Yeah. Which is it's pretty true. unique. It's true. You know, are you going to like LinkedIn events and, and all this kind of stupid? Uh, I mean, not yeah. stupid. It works for certain people. But, you know, like some people, they're searching every day for how do I get my promote my brand? How do I get my network and yeah. dance some de- join any social dance? I mean, yeah. you're going to. Uh, I agree. And, 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 and your just... photos are great. So well, thank you. Uh, but uh, I um, I agree. Tango this is um, it's just uh, you know the way you just make friends really many. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in one night you have you meet five new people and then you're hanging out for a few more days and then you're friends mm-hmm. and and you get together to you know hug and dance. Man, it's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, <laughs> and it's like oh, so and so's visiting from yeah, Montreal. So, yeah. Hey, come stay with me. Okay, like. Yeah. I don't know how many random places I visited because simply somebody planted a seed and said, you can come crash at my place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and it's, uh, you know, it's crazy times in this country. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's her little catharsis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, going dancing. Did you know right away when you started dancing that, because like Meg posted, I don't know, you know Meg, right? Meg Farrell. I know Meg, yeah. She posted on her status like from 10 years ago. Oh, I just started Tango. I might get hooked. <laughs> you know that she like reposted the comment. Did you think of that? I I got hooked right away. Yeah. Yeah, I um story I went to Central Park one mm-hmm. one summer. They have a milonga in Central Park in the summer. And I met Maria Jose and Coco. That was several years ago, probably 10 years ago. And uh during that milonga there's I think there's a short class at the beginning or at the end. No, in, be- in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I met my first uh, tango teacher uh, during that class, the free class. I and who is that? Um, I I don't want to name him because I didn't like him. Okay, don't name him. So bad chance. <laughs> no, <laughs> bad. It was not you. I promise. <laughs> my first teacher shall remain okay, unnamed. That's fair. That's, that's fair. So, but I did. I did start it with him, and the reason is I wanted to. You know, I wanted to know what 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 was going on. The pattern is not easy to mm-hmm. to guess in tango. All of the dances, you kind of see the togetherness of it in tango. Although there's more togetherness, yeah, it's not it's say. not it's not visible for the, the untrained eye. Correct. I mean, yeah, it looks <clears throat> it looks more together because you're walking like one animal, you know, but it's not as together because. You're both doing completely different things. Correct. It's not together because of the moves. It's together because of the 
connection. Yeah, like if you watch somebody yeah. turn with one guy, the guy in the middle and the woman going around him, yeah. you know, you'd be like, what, they're what's They're so up connected, yeah. yet they're doing different stuff. And most dances, the steps are always going to be like replicated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I started. And uh, yeah, I got hooked. Soon, soon after I started with this uh, first teacher, I met people in dance board, dance Manhattan, uh, Triangulo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Sarah and Ivan, which were uh, great influences for me. And uh, yeah, I, I was hooked from day one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you start going out a lot right away or did you start in the class direction? How did you pursue that? I, I didn't go out. I did I did hear the that you know the Argentinian what's the saying that you in Argentina you you only start going to milongas after walking for one year or something like that well, at least for the guys like that, someone, yeah. someone says mm-hmm. that I did I did take my time to learn at least to I don't know do the first turn basic to the left basic to the right and not fall as I <laughs> as I did so I did take like nine months to go to my first event but mm-hmm. then I started going out like every night how was your what, what was your first experience on the social dance floor like with the in terms of navigation and, you know, how intense that could feel sometimes? It was, uh, it was very, I was very intimidated. I went, it was, it was, I remember my first milonga in New York was a Wednesday one that d- doesn't exist anymore. It was, it started like at 6 p.m. It was like a... Oh, it uh, might have been Lucille's old thing. She did at the Ukrainian, maybe? I, no, it was not no, the it Ukrainian. Oh, okay. It was a short-lived thing, and I went there, and I said, okay, I'm going to check it out. And uh, I danced once, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. I knew I was not ready. Yeah. And so that's what, that, you know when you're not ready. So that's why it took me a few months to, you know, try to go back in. I mean, yeah, getting on the dance floor is a whole different ballgame than take, mm-hmm. even learning how to lead and follow, hear, hear the music. That's one thing. And then... You enter the milonga and all that shit's gone. Everything's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's gone. It's survival. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. And you don't realize that most of the people around you are not going to run into you at first. You think like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I was terrified for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it took me a long time. And I then, still went on the floor, but I probably crapped my pants every time for a while. Like it was so scary. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the amazing dancers next to you. You know, it's like, wow, when am I going to be like that? yeah so it's it's intimidating but that's also what like going back to the whole like family camaraderie thing about the community is like you can be on the same floor with those people and you're you know what i always try to tell beginner students is like if you can if you don't get in the way you know if you're if you're managing what you're doing you're all welcome on the floor because there's advanced quote-unquote advanced dancers who screw up the whole floor and it's like well if you're over there doing your thing and it's maybe you don't think it's anything, but if you're blending in with the crowd and helping the movement of the floor, you could be dancing for a month for all I care. Yeah. You know, we're all equal here. Except for the asshole that <laughs> thinks he's on stage or something, but yeah, there's always, there's one. always that. There's always one. Yeah. Um, how did you start working on floor craft? I'm curious about that from a leader standpoint. Like when you're dancing, are you are you? It's sort of an obvious question. Like, are you making decisions based on, you know, where you're going, the space available, or are you making decisions more on the music and what you want to do with the music? 
I think first, I think space available comes first. Mm -hmm. If I don't have space, then there's no way to move mm, with the true. music. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I just, I just try to, you know, stay in one lane, and uh, don't, don't, don't become a traffic jam. I try to flow. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, that that thing takes time. Work. I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I've been dancing now for eight years, and I still feel like I'm even just basic floor craft. I I'm, I'm still need to come on, just move, or just flow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I hit ten years, I bumped into Carlos Duchey at a Milonga, and I'm, we're not very close, but I respect him, and he's I think he respects me, and we seem to always have a nice conversation and. And I mentioned to him, I was like, yeah, I feel like I hit this kind of place. And he's like, yeah, after 10 years, you hit this first road stop. And then he said, and every five years later, it happens. You like feel accomplished. It's, I don't know. And now I'm at 15 and I feel uh, another kind of road stop kind of thing. Like I've accomplished something else. Like the more you do it, the less you're conscious of all the things you're doing, you know? Yeah. And I was talking with Mike about this last week on an interview, like, you know, you, you really start to have a voice the more you accomplish uh, and you're less conscious anymore of what you're doing. And when everything's very deliberate, you're not really almost speaking your true voice yet because your mind gets, your your consciousness gets in the way of like, you're self-critical and you're judgmenting, judgmental to yourself. Yeah. And, and when you can release that, you know, you can really fly, you know, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, getting, getting in the flow, I guess. Yeah. Like getting in that point in which you, you're competent enough so you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. That's a hard point to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what I think right now my thing is, uh, I was taking your class two mm -hmm. days ago and you mentioned it, phrasing. That's, mm -hmm. that's my thing right now. It's, it's learn how to, uh, make the music make what i hear translated into movement so it looks like if you if you were to watch a uh, silent video of me dancing you would imagine kind of what song i am i am dancing yeah and also like and where in the yeah. song i had a, i had this visualization a long time ago cuz i was I don't, I don't know if i was having a dream or if it was real but i was like walking down a street looking in storefront windows and thinking, you know, if I was shopping for clothes or shopping, I would look inside and without hearing, know what I'm witnessing. And I thought, that's kind of what I would like to see from the dance. Like, if I'm walking by a Pugliese storefront, can I see the dancers dancing Pugliese? And can I yeah. see maybe where in the, even in the song they are? Yeah. Are they at the variation? Or is that the beginning and this guy thinks the variation is in the beginning? Like, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And that's that's very difficult. And do you think that's going to help communicate to the person you're dancing with? Oh yeah, that's that's not not only it helps communicate, it is it is the it is the right message to send. Right. You know, if you're dancing with someone, she'll know automatically this this, this guy he that knows <laughs> he knows what he's doing or he he doesn't mm -hmm. and um and uh, and you don't have to be an experienced tango dancer you don't have, you, you you know when you're with the music you know when you are 
when you're you know when that thing is happening mm-hmm. so uh, yeah so you started at central but you saw it first at central park is that what you said yeah were you just walking by i was just walking by probably yeah i had my camera i, I used to like to go take photos mm-hmm. yeah and i and i and i saw the mirror it was, it was beautiful and i liked the music i thought tango was more sad than it was that day it was really beautiful uh, yeah. Did you have a, a vi- an idea? It's like when I first, I didn't even know Tango existed until I first saw it. Did you already know about it somehow and have an idea of what you thought it was? A little bit. And for some reason, I had the wrong idea. In Colombia, we love Tango. Like mm. we're, we're Tangueros and, you know. Is it common there? But it's not that common. That's the thing. I, but you knew about it. I knew about it. And my, my grandpa used to listen to Tangos. Really? And, uh, but it, it's not the... But the tangos that we listen to are Carlos Gardel. Uh-huh. And that's the tangos you don't dance to. Right. You never hear Gardel in a milonga. And uh, so I never got into the, the the culture of tango until I was in the U.S. I just I just w- was familiar with the music. I was familiar with Carlos Gardel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course with uh, Astor Piazzolla. But again, that's another thing that you don't dance in a milonga. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, the first contact with, with tango was in New York. And so do you think having that child, it was from your childhood? From my, I wouldn't say childhood, but I was not foreign to tango. I, I just, I just, I know what I, what it, sort of what it was, mm-hmm. but it was not. But I mean, thing. it's like you had experienced your grandfather listening to it yeah. and people in Colombia had an awareness of it. Correct. Not in the dancing sense, perhaps, but in just a, a music genre. Yes. So yes. that... Might we, have, we, yeah, we hear tangos more than we dance them. Right. So, but that, um, what I'm saying is that might have helped influence your desire to want to get into it more because maybe it was a nostalgic kind of feeling. It reminded you of... Uh, yeah, a little you know. bit, but uh, but mostly it was it was when I first saw people dancing mm-hmm. you know people like just you and i just moves. just just not, not not like a performance in tv which i thought like jesus I'll, I'll never do that but just like you know just average people just dancing and i thought it was beautiful mm-hmm. so it was it was it was the dance more than the music that you know got me to seeing these people in central park doing all these things mm-hmm. where do you travel do you travel to dance at all ever i used to travel more Mm-hmm. So I've been to, of course, I've been within the first six months of dancing. I was already in Buenos Aires. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I've been to Buenos Aires three times. Mm-hmm. The third time was kind of long. It was two months. And it was for tango. So, yeah, I would try to optimize my, my time in Buenos Aires, take take uh, take classes with uh, as many people as I could before the milongas, then in the schools during the day. Uh so yes, I've been to Buenos Aires three times. I've been to other places, not not only for tango, but I, of course, you know, if you dance tango, why not check it out? Mm-hmm. So I I love dancing in 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 a couple of countries in Europe, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I danced in uh, uh, Greece once. I've been to Istanbul beautiful scene beautiful city beautiful scene everything about that place is wonderful. that's one of the coolest cities it's just geographically the, just just everything it's just the center of the world it's far out 
it's yeah. beautiful and the tango is amazing um, i never get so lost anywhere as yeah. i do in istanbul yeah because of the layout it's insane yeah it's it's impressive so organic yeah and in the um and of course i've been some festivals in the states mm -hmm. you know i've been to i've been to portland i've been to baltimore i was recently in la uh, but I, I i i shouldn't say i travel much for tango because i just I you just, just listed like half the world I didn't list half the world. <laughs> but <laughs> that's quite a bit, you know, uh, I mean. I probably forgot a couple of places. Yeah, that's I, a I lot know. of traveling for tango. What was your I, first impression of Buenos Aires? Friendly. Yeah. At the tango community or the city itself? The city itself. And, uh, you know, the Latin American thing, you know, I'm Colombian, so it, it's, uh, it's easy to get along with them. Yeah. So I found them very friendly and... Uh, also the dancing you know they although they're like the level is you know it's out there the top level dancers um i found it very friendly and easy to get along with them and uh, uh, i could always find uh, someone to dance with which was not the case in new york for the first couple of years anyway yeah well I how found long you went friendly. down there after just a few months right and you had an easier time finding dances there after a few months than here after a few months is that what you're saying mm, yeah yeah but within just the first year, like yeah, That's interesting. it was it was it was it was easier to to dance there. And then I came back probably two years later. What do you think is uh? Did you have any thoughts about why do you think that is? Probably it's just sheer volume. Yeah, volume yeah, and also volume. volume of time. Because one thing that I've talked to a lot of people about over the years is like here the milonga is three hours. You know, yeah. you're you're paying. And you're paying a lot of money to go, so you're like, yeah. not a lot of time, a lot of money. I want to get the most out of it. There, Milonga is eight hours. <laughs> costs eight hours five pesos. Or yeah. so. Well, now it's a little more, but so people are much more laid back. I think about not not that as a person they're laid back, but maybe as like a an evening out, they know. Oh, I'm gonna be here a while. I'll probably yeah. have a drink. I'll probably eat some food. Whereas in New York, it's like a business. Some people go out and it's like they're determined, like got to get my five tandas in two hours because bam 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 i got to get up tomorrow and go to you know yeah which i totally get yeah <clears throat> yeah i think it's sheer volume mm -hmm. and uh and it's not only argentinians you know everybody from all over the world well that's what i was gonna ask it's as well a, like it becomes did you find a peregrination pardon it becomes a peregrination for everyone yeah, yeah. Like you have to go to the i mean i never dance with argentines when i'm there i've been there 10 times i mean a little bit of course but for the most part i'm dancing with other people from around the world which is I don't, which is great. I mean, I don't care. I'm not a purist and or whatever you want to call it that says like, oh, if I don't dance with an Argentine in Argentina, I'm not worth a human soul. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of people put so much pressure on their their self worth if they don't do some stupid arbitrary thing like like that. But I met a lot of lovely, wonderful dancers from. I didn't even know at first where they were from. Yeah, now, now now that you say this uh, this word uh, purist, I I agree. There's still a lot of that. I um, I'm still trying to find out what you know when when someone says the the milonguero, mm -hmm. you know, estilo milonguero or milonguero style. I'm still struggling to know what 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 is it they're talking about. Like like when you say, okay, come here and dance the real milonguero. It's just um, a label. I mean, well, what here's... It, what is it? Well, well on a little... You said milonguero and then milonguero style. 
um, I was speaking with somebody once, and they mentioned how like so and so is a milonguero, and I was like, but they don't dance, and he's like, yeah, but they hang out at the like they are a milonguero because that's where they hang every night. They hang out at milongas. So milonguero is more, lo- more, more this like is a one person's opinion. Like he's like yeah, he's see. a milonguero. He hangs at the milongas. He doesn't dance, <laughs> but he's a milonguero. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, but then mm. there's the style of dance milonguero. I think you know. I've I've ventured to teach different styles because I've studied with teachers who claim they represent different styles, and I've studied extensively. So I'll say like, well, you know, so and so says this, and I, you know. But I think anytime you put something in a box, you you immediately kill it in a way because you de- you you deny its growth. Yeah. You label it. It's like this is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken from now on will only taste like this because if we change it. People who like Kentucky Fried Chicken aren't going to eat it. So we've killed it. I mean, I don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, but I was mm. just, what, I don't know why I thought of that. But, you know, like. No, I agree because I I, um, uh, I thought about it because, you know, there's always a couple you follow. You know, there's the favorite couple. You mm-hmm. follow them for, for a little bit and you watch their videos. And then you find the next one and, um, and they're, they're totally different. Yet they're both beautiful. Uh, some of them look more like one style versus the other, and yeah, I agree with you. It's um, I, it's um, it's it's amazing that there's so much color in the same in the same dance in the same mm. things. And, uh, well, that's another thing that allows the way the music is structured, the way the dance is structured. It allows for two couples dancing the same song, completely could be completely different and still be true to the dance and the art and the structure. It's amazing. When you started, did you feel influenced by yourself or by teachers to dance close, open, this style, that style? Was there any kind of rules imposed on you or or people in the community saying, you know, Carlos, hey. There, there's, there's, I, I hear you, like um, pointing the way. That's or closing other ways, I would rather I would say. That's the way there, I look at it. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. I, I, I mean, I always made a, a choice. I wanted to dance like with a good embrace. So mm-hmm. I, I do tend to dance close. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I could get, you know, minimal skills to start dancing close, I, 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 I apply those skills. I always wanted to dance. You know, I, I like the elegance, the embrace. So yeah, I've been I've been I've been taking classes from teachers and watching couples who point me in that direction. What would you say were like the main styles? Like when I started, Nueva was really popular. What would you say was the trend when you were getting into it about eight years ago? So eight years ago, thing is, I don't know much about trends. Uh, I started watching, of course, uh, videos of Gustavo Naveira. Mm-hmm. I took a couple of his seminars here in New York, and um, I'm uh, I'm still very grateful with that time that I spent taking classes with him because he, first he's I think he's like the the teacher of teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Gustavo is like he taught everyone. I mean, everyone. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's developed a structure that are been part of the development yeah. of the way to structure the dance so that it's. Yeah really universal for everybody yeah so i did have my first tango epiphanies with him Mm -hmm. during his seminars 
and uh, and then of course you know he's like super famous so he was the one that i watched the most mm -hmm. but over time i started watching different people uh, i watch a lot sebastian arce and mariana yeah mariana montes i watched uh, then i i changed and i've been following sebastiana chaval and mm -hmm. rosana suarez they're yeah. fantastic and but i i i don't know you know they're both I think they're the same style, you know, super elegant, very, uh, very stylized in terms of lines and skill. It's, but I, I wouldn't say there was, there was a thing. It was only eight years ago, and uh, probably I was late for the nuevo mm -hmm. trend in New York, so I, n I never got into it. Yeah, I mean the way I was was broken out of me once. You know, Horacio has been a big influence on on me and Chico and. He, he he gave a class once on the difference between salon style and milonguero style and it was really interesting um and i will just break it down i'm not gonna i'm gonna make it as easy to say as possible in one sentence because uh, but he basically said salon is much more about um spirals and milonguero is much more about line so in milonguero you're you know you're you're two tit to two tit and your movements are in lines so the back cross is linear everything's line um, I'm, I, he explained it far greater it was a fucking eight hour seminar I'm just <laughs> giving you the gist and then in, in Salon everything was about swirls and spirals the lapis the enrosque uh, the melodies you know things like of that nature and he always took it from a more musical perspective than a, even a, a physical stylistics perspective as well whereas milongueros would dance to this style of music and Salon dancers would dance to this style of music because those music styles influenced the dancing styles it's not that you simply danced open embrace and so you do it to any music. It's like for him, it's like, well, I dance. That's why for me personally, I've always wanted to dance all styles physically because I, I could tell immediately it didn't make sense to me if I only danced close embrace when Pugliese came on and all I knew was the Ocho Cortado and the rock steps. I could not dance Pugliese for many years because I only danced close embrace rock steps for many years. And it, you know, is frustrating. So I'm curious what your take is on all that. Yeah, no, I, th I think that leads us into the first thing that we talked about, which is, you know, how you, when you start, when you start phrasing, you want to make your moves feel like the music mm -hmm. you're listening to. And you just said it. It actually became a thing, a style. So Milonguero is dancing to certain music that allows certain moves. And Salon is another music not another music different music uh that allows for some other moves mm -hmm. so yeah just, just came together yeah <laughs> thanks to uh, nito was in nito and elba have been to new york twice recently we brought them twice and the first time they did a q and I think they did a q and a both times but somebody asked him um what do you think about alternative music? And he had no idea what they were talking about. And then they said, well, you know, for example, if somebody, if you're, if you hear a swing song, would you dance tango to that? And he looked at them and he said, no, I would dance swing. Why would I dance tango? So it's similar in our own genre of like, to help people understand why you would maybe only dance close embrace milonguero style yeah. to some music in tango, whether, and cause some people have no reference. Like they're just like, well, you know, I'll dance how I dance to anything and you can of course I mean I'm not a I'm not a again a purist on this but I do appreciate how we can develop a, um, 
a voice as a dancer. Yeah, the music begs for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you if you hear swing, it begs for certain moves, for certain vocabulary mm-hmm. that other kinds of music will not allow you to. That being said, you can tango to anything. True. Because there's, you know, as long as you have a beat, you can tangle to a metronome mm-hmm. and whatever. But um, does the music, some kinds of music probably will call for it more than others. Uh, but that's why generally don't dance tango to things that are not tango. Just because I don't, I don't, I don't, doesn't flow the same. I don't hear the flow. I need to, uh, I guess in theory, I could tango to Metallica, but those drums hitting so hard. I, I don't know how to, you know, glide in between those. <laughs> so I guess you could do it, but uh, yeah, I mean, tango dance. What I what I know of tango, it begs to dance tango. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, when we have the alter, we you know we have two rooms on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I definitely gravitate towards the traditional, just because it's tango. I mean, tango is tango. You know, it's just how the dance is. The dance was made from the music. So like any, I think any dance, right? So to put that into another music style, I I like that it, it makes it more accessible to people who aren't comfortable yet with tango music or don't hear the rhythms and, you know, and it's like a welcoming to the community and all that. And it gives you the, the freedom to do. But when I'm in the alternative room, I'm not, it's like I'm basing all of my movements on the beats and not the melodies. Or, or the you know, tango has a rise and fall that creates the drama. Yeah. It's a build and a fall and a build and a fall. And in, you know, in pop music, blues is beautiful. But, you know, anyway, in terms of dancing, when you don't have the rise and fall like that, you know, there's nothing to build for. Yeah. Not that you mentioned blues. I think the blues could be... Blues, f- blues would be one be, of the more. I'll, I'll try. Uh, ex- mo- blues could work a little could bit work, more, but yeah. again, it's it's so like monotonous. One four five, one four. It's yeah. not gonna go. <laughs> you know, there's no <laughs> drama, <laughs> but the the message is similar. Yeah. I think, and what the music does for the culture is similar. Mm-hmm. Like I, one famous blues musician once said, he's and I might have been both i forget who he said he said uh you listen to the blues so you don't have the blues that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) that's cool yeah it's cool uh what's your orchestra of choice right now and do you go through phases i go through phases Mm -hmm. when i started carlos di sarli which which uh, era no, the, the, that's what I was gonna <laughs> ask you not to <laughs> ask oh. you not to ask. Well, if you get too too academic about eras and uh, I mean singers. like the the late. The but more... I, I I have to say now that I've been playing music, I've, I've been DJing a little bit. Carlos Di Sarli from the forties okay. and uh, Carlos Di Sarli, yeah, Podesta, Rufino. That's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. I still love it. It's uh, it just I've been adding more now. I now I understand music more. Of course, Juan D'Arienzo. Again, don't ask me what era, but um, you know, I guess I guess they all share the late thirties and forties as being well. D'Arienzo's late thirties. Desarly, not so much. He came a little. Is he after. is he a little after? Yeah, yeah thirty nine was his first, I believe. D'Arienzo was 
was like 35 to 38. He was like one of the few you're going to find yeah. from that time recording that, a lot. Yeah. That is, I mean, both. They're amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, that is a little bit more danceable in terms of power. Mm-hmm. Like it's more according to my personality. Like I, I want to be, I want to move more. I want to dance more. He's more rhythmic. He's like, bam, bam, bam. Um, this early, I like the richness of the, the music. It's always, there's always something going on. Mm. It's beautiful. It fills the room with, with the um, beautiful melodies. And uh, lately I've been, I've been, uh, I like Anibal Troilo more, more and more. I'm, I'm also trying to understand Pugliese. Mm-hmm. Pugliese is an orchestra that I find extremely difficult. Um, mostly to dance but also to listen to uh, but as you as you understand this more you you get to you get to appreciate it you know i guess it's like a good book you have to learn first learn how to read the basics mm-hmm. short stories then you get into the you know bigger books then you start reading novels same same thing i think there's tangos that are easier to understand than others you know i, yeah, I, sure. I used to love bahia blanca but carlos di sarli mm-hmm. the first I hate it now. I hate that song. But uh, I used to fall during my first year. I would just dance to Bahia Blanca. I would play it all the time. Uh, so yes, I guess it's you know as as you start understanding this more, you you can grow into you know listening to different orchestras. So that's my thing right now. Trying I'm more into Troilo and and understanding more Pugliese, which I find either too at times either too boring or too dramatic. Pugliese. Yes, Pugliese. Yeah, there's a well, there's a time and place for all of them, you know. Yeah. In the night, in the in the in the hours of the milonga, it's funny you mention those because I'm not sure if you're aware, but those Troilo, De Sarli, Darienzo are considered the big three. In terms of the way the DJs in Buenos Aires consider, like they'll play one of each every hour, and if I you see. don't play one of each every hour, you're gonna. Pit, I don't know anymore because the culture has changed, but the way. It was explained to me was Darienzo, the milongueros love to dance to. De Sarli, the salon style dancers love to dance to. Troilo, everybody loves to dance to. <laughs> That's the way they put it. I see. And um, so if you play each one once an hour, everybody's going to be happy. And then you can throw in like Danturi or somebody yeah. else. But the hierarchy right now as it's been taught is those are the big three. And then... Later, as you go in the night, you can branch out. I say, okay, I understand why they're big, they're big three. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I... I mean, they all defined an era of tango. And then Pugliese as well, but he also came later, so it makes sense. I know he came later, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh... He didn't start recording until, I think his first was 43 or 44. And then he didn't start recording a lot until later. I see. It's noticeable. Troilo as well. I think he had one recording in like 40 or 39, and then there was a gap. Oh, no, 41. He had it done. He had a ton with Florio. But, I see. Yeah. yeah, it's noticeable in the sound pool. Yes, it's much more. Mm-hmm. You can hear it was, there was some real, yeah, yeah. Some real sound engineering mm-hmm. behind some of his recordings. Yeah, we're um, lucky we had the technology to capture that because I don't think we would understand how it could really be if yeah. you know you listen to some recordings from the the mid to early 20s and it sounds like my podcast last week with my <laughs> doctor mike <laughs> don't you find it amazing and this is something that i find amazing that we're dancing to orchestras 
I, I love this fact that we're at their peak when my dad was born. My dad was born in 1936. And I know, you know, that was the, I mean, it's not 40s, not the golden age, but I hear some recordings from 1936 and I say, wow, this was the same year that my dad was born. So, uh, and I just find it extremely... There's a Man, lot. what do you have to do in your life so that people a hundred years from today think that you're amazing? Um, there's a lot of <laughs> things that I've thought of in the similar vein. Um, I've always, I, I thought of it similar in the sense that I was like, I wonder if Carlo, uh, I wonder if Dottie Enzo in 1936 thought that a kid from Cleveland would be sitting in his Brooklyn apartment talking to a kid from Colombia about tango music in about the year tango 2019. Music. I'm mentioning you know? how amazing yeah. you are, Mandari yeah. Enzo. It's, it's I mean, I think he did because he was he probably had an ego big enough to think that. But, yeah. you know, like yeah, seriously, yeah. like who the fuck would have thought? <laughs> I have a student who's born in 1929. She's 90. And she remembers the year. Um, uh, there's a Fresedo song. I, Isla de Capri. Isla de Capri, yeah. But it was originally a show tune Frank Sinatra wrote. And she ah. remembers as a child listening to the Frank Sinatra song. And when I played it a couple of years ago, we had a private lesson and I played a Fresedo Tanda. And she started, and that song came on and she started singing the English lyrics to it. And I was like, what are you singing there? And she's like, oh, this reminds me of when I was a little girl. And I then she told me the story. And then, you know, Fresedo, he was he was a collaborator. He traveled the world and he worked with all these different musicians. So, yeah. you know, he probably worked with Sinatra, I don't know, and just took that song and turned it into a tango. Wow. I, I do remember I, when I started uh, DJing, I found in, I found these Fresedos. There, there are two, three songs. Fresedo with uh, DC Gillespie. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got a whole album. Rendezvous wow. Porteñas. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> it's good. To me, it was like, wow. The burp, burp, so, uh, Vida Mia is on that. Vida and it's Mia, so yeah. good. Yeah. Man. That's amazing. So beautiful. Speaking yeah. of another w weird collaboration, uh, Nido Gaucho by Desarli Podesta. Did you hear the, the English version? No, I haven't heard it's it. It's really bad. The guy named Bob Toledo sang it. And he changed the lyrics because he sang it in English. But. It, it, the only thing you can find it on YouTube and it's a it's a bad recording it was done live at a radio station I think in Buenos Aires or maybe when the Star League came here I don't know um, but it's also a weird it's really weird to hear it I, I have to hear that one you can just YouTube it and, and if it's really bad then maybe I won't hear it because no it, the sound quality is bad I, I should say the the, yeah. the, me the melody is the same but the words are different and the words are a little cheesy but that's it's tango so words are generally kind of cheesy But it's just, it's interesting. I wish we had more, excuse me, uh, collaborations like that. That would be just cool. You'll hear it. What do you think about the new orchestras coming out? I've heard very little of the new orchestras. Uh, so let me let me just uh, recall names. I, I've heard Orquesta Misteriosa. Mm -hmm. I've heard Romantica Milonguera. I love solo tango. Mm -hmm. I think they're Russians. Mm -hmm. I love them all. I think I think those New Yorkers again. I'm just talking about three. Mm -hmm. I do have a couple albums of each one of them. I think they're amazing. Uh, 
Yeah, I I love them. There's not there's not <laughs> much I can say about okay. them. And I, I like that they're uh they're playing more in the milongas. You know, I used to go yeah. to milong to big milongas here in New York. You know, the Saturday milonga it's usually the biggest event of the week. Mm-hmm. And I would never hear them. And I started to listen to them recently. Within the last year, I hear Romantica Milonguera like once or twice a night and the Orquesta Misteriosa. Mm-hmm. And I do like to play a, a lot. And solo tango orchestra, this, this, it's only four, five guys at times and they sound like like a room full of musicians. It's amazing. Yeah, they're good. I, heard, I saw them live a few years ago. In Baltimore. In Baltimore, yeah. yeah. That was a big project oh. production. Oh, La Juan D'Arienzo. Oh yeah, they were just oh, in town. Well, yeah. Philly, they're they're really they were, good. They were I Philly. mean, they're like the real I deal, man. In, yeah, I saw them in LA a few weeks later. Oh yeah, I like Cachivache a lot. Plus, Cachivache because right, I'm yeah. I love I like all the orchestras you mentioned, but I wish they would arrange the music more to their style. I feel like they're just redoing the same thing. And one thing I I appreciate about the way like, the Sarli, Pugliese, Calo. Or maybe they would all play the same song, but when you listen to it, it's yeah. unique to their arrangements. And I think some of the orchestras aren't taking the liberty to to arrange it enough to fit. You know, I'm I'm still a big fan just because I find it refreshing to hear yeah. uh, a new version of something that's a quality version yeah. and a good recording, which is really important. Um, but I like that Cachapache kind of like they no. do the song, but then they add their own. No, they they're own. original. They add the they're, very they're, original. They they uh, they have a thing going on. They have a style. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They have an electric guitar. Like yeah. they have that one. Uh, shit, I can't think of the name. They add this like. I know which one you're talking about. You know, yeah. And what they do with Corazon as well, they speed it up and uh, I, yeah. I like their punk rock take on things yeah and they're... i've danced to many of these orchestras live and when i miss the kajavache live i feel like a fucking animal and these <laughs> these guys i know but that's the, that's the thing with uh, with live music is you know they you feed each other yeah if, if the orchestra feels that the crowd is you know is listening and so it becomes a there's a an amazing feedback uh, mm-hmm. loop going on so the the energy starts building up on both sides and yeah, it's quite an experience. I danced to El Cachivache recently too. Did you know that the Philly Festival coming up at the end of May, she's having live orchestras the whole every night. I didn't know. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. It's that, that's I'm like amazed she's doing that because that's not um, uh, she's already got eight couples. I see. Right, so she's got to manage eight couples, and then she's managing I think three orchestras. When you're saying she, Meredith Klein. Meredith. It's like insane what she's going to accomplish. I mean, I hope she she will accomplish it. It's the vision is insane. Wow. And then there was a festival in Albuquerque in March just passed. There was four live orchestras, a different orchestra each night. A guy named Erxine, his wife, I believe, organized. That's it. a logistics undertaking, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like Darienzo. What's what's uh, the Aces of Rhythm here in New York? They're really good too. I think I heard them once. They're at Astoria. We had them at the when you were away. We had them play at um, Judson. They're they're re- for for yeah. They're really good. Pablo Eslan is the arranger. The compo- he puts that all together and it's it's nice. So we're lucky. Yeah, more orchestras are definitely welcome. Somebody once cl- commented to me how you know the, the one thing that's going to kill tango is is there's no innovation in the music. 
And he said, like, eventually people are going to get tired. I mean, I don't know if I'm 100% on that, but, you know, there's like I was in Puerto Rico a few years ago before the hurricane and I was in Condado. There's an outdoor square, huge stage set up. A new salsa band came out. There were like thousands of people to check them out. They're a local Puerto Rican band and they're starting it. They have the new album premiere. Like, why don't we, we need that? Yeah. The problem with tango, it's, 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 it's not, it's a small niche. It's uh, it, uh, a, it's not a small niche. That's true. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I don't think you'll see that's any tango event filling the Madison square garden. That's true. Uh, it's just, um, it's just a volume. Mm. It's, a, it's a numbers thing. And I don't think there's a, that's that volume for the tango. I think you need, as opposed with uh, to other uh, genres, like for example, rock and roll or salsa. Those things are probably, I might be wrong, easier to understand. Like you, you, you hear, I don't know, Mark Anthony or or uh, uh, Gilberto Saltarosa or Metallica. It's just just things. You just hear first song and you're hooked. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, understanding Carlos Di Sarli, uh, it takes some time. And uh, then getting to dance to it, it takes well. It's also, time. you know, it's and, uh, it's uh, our people uh, getting jazzed up to listen to music that their grandparents listened to in the '40s. You know, correct. It's a yeah. weird. It's really weird that we that there are some people in the world that are like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like you hear this like psh, scratchy record, and then you hear this like can singing and you're like oh my god i gotta i gotta express this yeah i was telling someone recently <laughs> like imagine uh, you know for a for a person just walking into a milonga who, a person who knows nothing about tango meaning nothing about the dance nothing about the music and just happens to see a milonga you know just to see it from from uh, from far we look weird man i mean it's just like it's, we're barely moving we don't smile when we dance only mm -hmm. only <laughs> I don't, I don't smile when I dance. So it's, it's this weird thing going on in which it's just like small sect of people just hugging, barely, barely smiling. Uh, and the dance is weird, you know, there's no, there's not much things going on. It's just like the embrace and we're weird a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is weird. That's part of the reason I, I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to Talk to, to make this weirdness normalize uh, it a little bit in yeah. a way like talk about you know we're, we're we do this weird thing and it's it's got this mystifying image and then in and on we all have friends and family who don't do it and maybe colleagues if you have a regular job and whatever and you tell them you do this thing at night and they assume you know well whatever but then at the end of the day it's really just a dance i mean there's a lot more to it but My first impression is similar to what you're describing. It was like, whoa. Like I was in Paris and I saw people dancing on the river and I heard the music and I'm 18 or 19 at the time. And I'm just like, whoa, this is so like underground. So I've never heard like just not a pop culture thing, not a fake, you know, in order to know about this, you need to know somebody. Correct. You know, and that made it, the intrigue thing, was like, no. wow. And I think, um, It's still like there, but then you meet the people and you're like, oh, this this guy is he works at an office and he yeah. needs his life. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. It's like normal person, yeah. Yeah, so. but it's nice to have that. It does offer that that mystique yeah. for sure.
And it still offers it even after so many years. You go to a milonga somewhere, you know, and you know, it's, it's interesting because you're going to go up to a stranger potentially and get into the most intimate embrace you've probably got if you if you're not a dancer normally that you've probably had with anybody but like your your lover or yeah so that is for a lot of people that is for me myself included was at at the first it was like whoa this is intense yeah at the beginning now it's amazing that's what makes it yeah no yeah in the beginning for sure yeah and i you know as a teacher when i have beginners and you just it reminds me of the first time i studied with robin thomas I went to his place in Queens and, you know, he's a short Irish ball guy and uh, he just immediately came up to me and threw himself in a follower's embrace close around me and he said, lead me. You know, imagine a man a little shorter than you just comes up and gives you a big hug and says, lead me. My my first reaction was to like push him, like repel. I was like, whoa, whoa, you know. And he's like, you got to get used to this. I'm like, I don't have to get used to dancing with a little short Irish guy. (laughs) Where's the lady? No, but you know, it at first you're like, whoa. And your natural instincts maybe is to you, how are you going to dance when you're freaking out, you know? It's yeah. you have to get through that stage of just being close, yeah. being comfortable, feeling safe. Yeah, all that stuff. How long was that uh, how was your first take on that? Like when you first the on the whole embrace the, the thing embrace, the, the closeness man that's that's what made it for me yeah. it's that's uh, Gabriel Misek calls it the dance of the embrace mm. for a reason and uh, that's what made it for me it's it's so beautiful it's the uh, sometimes I think I might be wrong that tango started when two people hugging like during a real hug try to walk mm. And then once you're in a like in a real hug and you try to walk, you know all this. this you have to develop technique and things, and I don't know. Probably it's just a crazy idea I have. But uh, it's amazing that we can do all these amazing things. Like I don't think having that's a crazy idea. I think having that's full full mobility and full capacity for interpretation during a full embrace. Like the difference between a couple embracing like in the street and two dancers in the milonga, there's no there's no difference. And um, it's amazing that we can do that. Hmm. I don't think that's a crazy theory. I think that maybe might it's be not a crazy theory, started. right? <laughs> no, I mean because the dance came from the music. I believe. Hmm. You know, there's music playing, there's an orchestra playing, whatever, however you want to fantasize about the early days. And you're there with somebody and you, you start moving. You hug each other or maybe... I mean, I'm thinking back to like high school prom and you know those situations where you're in and they're playing like Bette Midler or some weird shit and you're just there with your arms around each other like swaying back and forth. Yeah. But, you know, everything... I think most of these dances, these social dances, started very organically. They started with the beats, the rhythms, two people wanting to, to do this together. It was like, I think it was more ballroom and stuff that was kind of started as a style and then put over music. I mean, I don't know the history of all that shit, but it just seems to me salsa was like very organic to me. I see. Yeah. So 
that's how I think about it and that's uh yeah. That's Gabriel Misa is right. It's dance of the embrace. Mm-hmm. And it start it starts from there and uh, that's what I like it the most about it. So we're gonna finish up talking about the barrel. Not oh. the barrel. It's not a barrel. I always call it the, I always get the wrong It's thing. a barrel. The barilito. 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 Carlos has a practica. I love how you pronounce it. Say that again. Barilito. <laughs> what am I saying right? You're almost there. One day. <laughs> barilito. Oh, one day. Almost. Uh, say it for I, me. It. Say barilito. It for barilito. What? Barilito. Barilito. <laughs> I don't know how that's any different, but I guess it is. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, well, let's not talk about it then. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, so it's Tuesdays, 7.30 to 10.30. Yep. 939 8th Avenue. 939 8th Avenue, room 4A. Room 4A. It's a lovely practica. You're going to be going throughout the summer. Yes. No plans to end anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Cool. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, you have to ask me about the name. I don't want to talk about the name. Okay. You laugh at me. No, uh, no then, please. Then ask me about the name without <laughs> without. Well, I won't say it. <laughs> don't mention it. Where did the name come from? Last time you asked me this. Okay, so people have been asking why the name. And the name is because a friend of mine, she told me about a friend of her who rescued a dog, a stray dog in, uh, in Baja California, in Mexico. And they brought the dog to LA and they named him Barrelito. And I thought it was the most beautiful name. What is the significance of that name? Barrelito is, you know, uh, it's uh, it's also a little barrel. It's the equivalent of barrel in, okay. in Spanish. Barril, just little barrelito. It's it's just a beautiful word. And I uh, and that same day that I heard it, I always wanted also to to have my own practica. I've been thinking about it for three years. But I said, if I ever have it, it's gonna be barrelito. When I when it finally happened, that's what happened. So that's the story. Story of a dog. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I like your advertisements every week of some funny dog. If you see anyone harassing dog owners in New York, very likely it's gonna be me. Harassing them. Harass meaning like uh, chasing. Oh. oh, can I take a picture oh, of this beautiful see. dog? And Trying to make the dog look at the on my phone. <laughs> Wait, are some of those photos actually yours? Oh, although I take all those photos. Oh, I didn't know that. I just thought you found photos online. Oh no no no! I never use stock photos. Holy shit! Those are some great photos, man. All those photos are mine, or friends of mine, friends to go who go to practice and they just send snapshots. No, I've huh. never used a stock photo. Huh. Well, yeah. I would say to the listeners, check out the photos. Really <laughs> yeah, if you don't photos, go for the dance, go for the They're entertaining. They're really cool. And uh, some of them are, uh, you know, dogs in Central Park, Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. Um, from the shelter. There's a shelter nearby. Mm. So anyway, yeah. If you don't go for the music, go for the dogs. Yeah. Just check the picture. Maybe you, uh, I don't know, donate some dog, dog, do something for the shelter. I don't know. I did some last year. I did it. I think nobody noticed. Uh, oh, okay. I did use a dog for from the shelter, mm-hmm. and uh, I had like a little bucket for donations. I have to do it more often. Yeah, you have to get up more people aware. People don't pay attention. They're there for their three hours of tango and in and out. You know. Yeah. 
And don't forget to pay, assholes, because <laughs> he doesn't actually have a door person. And I remember you made an announcement. You're like, oh, by the way, when I count the amount of people here and then I add up the money, that doesn't seem to work. <laughs> it doesn't seem to work. You know, Xavier used to have a practice on Tuesdays, right? Yeah. Um, and he finally started getting... So Robin started it and then Robin left or whatever and Xavier mm. took it over and he decided to implement a door person. And immediately, like within two weeks, he doubled his income because there were that many people who weren't fucking paying. Like, like they just assume there's tango angels in the world and that all we want to do is, 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 is go to rip. First of all, you probably had to go around the city, find a space that took some time, you know, let's fuck that though you know fuck yeah. your time and then you have to agree <laughs> with a studio that you're going to guarantee them this much money every tuesday for an allotted amount of time because they can book that space that's yeah. not like you own that space you know i mean maybe a, a company comes in and they said we want this space a, a, a movie company we need this room on tuesdays and we're going to give you x amount of dollars and they have a contract with you though so you've guaranteed them this yeah and then you have people who come to your event and it's only ten dollars yeah, it probably cost them two seventy five on the subway to get there. They probably got a coffee, which was six dollars on the way, you know, and now they're gonna be too cheap to pay for what they actually value more than anything, which is those three hours, <laughs> and it just fucking annoys the shit out of it. Me. Uh, it, I, I mean, just it happens. It's not too many, but it does happen. Some people just forget. I know some, some people, people just forget. come next week and say, "Carlos, sorry." No, no, I, I get that, I get that, but yeah, I'm, but I'm talking uh, about the few people that don't forget. And it's, I just see it like, um, it's a small act of responsibility. You know, you don't go inside, you know, you don't take the subway without, you know, swiping your metro card. You shouldn't walk into a place without, you know, same in the movies, same in anywhere. Well, and it's just, you know, I don't have a machine. <laughs> so. Yeah, but here's the other thing: if you if you pay for the subway, that money is going to a bureaucratic system of people that are wasting that fucking money, stealing that fucking money, and paying contractors bullshit, and the services are getting worse. And they're raising the prices because they can't steal enough to pay enough people to fix the shit. We are just people running an event. That money goes into your pocket for you to fix your camera, whatever, restring your guitar, who knows, yeah. pet a dog. And there's still people that are like, eh, nah. But they'll pay for the other crap. They'll pay for a Starbucks coffee. That's going to this. They'll pay for you know. It's just yeah, priorities. Uh, sometimes I, I'm I'm a little annoyed by. But that's another. It's okay. That's show. why that's why there's you know we all do a reminder in the middle of the events. Yeah. Just don't forget. It's a no big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the honor system, but <laughs> I think more people should try to honor it. That's my that's my, I won't yell at people in public, but I'll give them my peace of mind here <laughs> if they choose to listen to it. All right. Well, I'm glad you came early because now I can get more shit done today <laughs> well, okay but thanks for being here thank you adam enjoy your day you too and well, uh we'll have this out on tuesday tuesday mm -hmm. okay well, right. see you man Bye. all right there we go that was my sit down with carlos and uh it went really well i think the sound was good thank god uh next week if all things go as planned i will have Kinning Zhu on the show. She's a uh, a person of interest. I don't know. I don't really know that much about her, but she was one of the people that um she see she really was inspired and in support of this idea when I mentioned to her last summer 
that I might be doing a podcast where I sit down and talk to Tango people. She immediately was supportive and enthusiastic, and it was her with her encouragement that I decided to move forward. So looking forward to having her on the show, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I will do my best to have that out on Tuesday. Otherwise, uh, I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend. And until next time, I'll see you at the Milongas or somewhere. All right. Enjoy your life. Take care.